0: Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes you know
1: hey susan don't do all that
0: there's another way to enjoy random conversations now thanks to the podcast show i can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week no more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation
1: tune in weekly on wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello everyone. And welcome to the Todd cast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the ToddCast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at Midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at TodcastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the ToddCast Show. Today we're joined by our guest Heather Forrester. How are you doing today, Heather?
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to have you, actually. What do you do, Heather?
0: So I am a manifestation strategist and intuitive healer, and I am really passionate about helping high achievers, overachievers master manifesting so that they can do less while receiving more.
1: Love that. I love that. I love it. And, uh, do you work with all types of people or do you work mostly with women or men or does, do you have a preference?
0: So I feel, um, I guess like I tracked a lot more women. I have worked with a couple of men over the last few years. Um, it was, it was kind of random. Um, they just, kind of came into my space. I don't even know how, but, um, and they did really well with it. So it's not, it's not necessarily that what I do doesn't work for men by, by any means at all. Um, I think I just, um, because like, because number one, I am a woman and I generally attract a lot of women who have had very similar life experiences to me and are also trying to lead very similar lives as me. And like, I, I, you know, we just kind of relate in that manner, if that makes sense. So it's not necessarily intentional. Um, uh, but I do tend to, uh, lean towards working with women a little bit more, if that makes sense.
1: That's perfect. I think it makes perfect sense. And honestly, it's just an expression of your gift and you have a gift and that gift happens to be in this way. And thank God other people can share in it. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all.
0: Yes. exactly. Um,
1: I, I I typically choose a male therapist when I choose a counselor or someone that I need to talk to just because, you know, and yeah, nothing against women at all. Actually, I'd go to a woman for advice on other things before I go to a man. Right. (laughs) I'm I'm smart enough to know, you know.
0: Yeah, Um, it just depends sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I kind of want to do things a little bit different in this episode. So we just kind of did something that I've never done before. Usually we don't find out what you do till the end of the show. (laughs) Uh, to create a sense of uh, interest and in getting, but I really wanted to share right up front what you do because I think it's really special. And may I ask, where are you calling from today?
0: Um, so I am located in East Tennessee.
1: Wow, East Tennessee. Is there a city nearby that just to get an idea of where you are?
0: Um, most people are familiar with Gatlinburg. It's a very tourist town. Um, yeah. I'm re- very close to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. Very
1: cool. Very cool. And did you grow up in that area or where were you born?
0: Yep. Born and raised here. <laughs> no
1: kidding. Really?
0: Yes. Wow. My mom, has, like... my mom has property and it's been in our family for generations. So, um, oh, you know, oh, it's, nice. and it's been, I've inherited it as well. So it's just one of those things. That, and, and, you know, Tennessee is a very safe place. Um, uh, geologically speaking, because there's not really any like hurricanes, tornadoes, stuff like that. So I like being Mm. here (laughs) and I don't really plan to leave.
1: (laughs) What's, is the weather nice there?
0: Um, I mean, we, we get all four seasons. Um, sometimes things can be crazy. I mean, one year we'll have Christmas and it's snowing and then like we get years like last year and it was 70 degrees. So we never know. Sometimes it can be a little Mm. crazy, but for the most part, we do get all four seasons and it's pretty normal.
1: Very cool. Good to know. All right. On the list of possible places in the future, Tennessee. That sounds nice, actually. (laughs) And did you grow up with siblings?
0: Um, I have a half sister. Um, She's 13 years older than me.
1: Oh, wow. Did that create a disconnect or uh, more of a connection as you were a child?
0: So it's... it's a little bit of both, you know, by the time I was five years old, she was out of the house. So, um, you know, for the most part, I really felt like an only child, um, because Mm -hmm. there was no other, you know, child with me in the house. And she was an adult by the time I could really even be coherent or remember or be very conscious Mm -hmm. of what was going on in my environment. Um, so she wasn't there. And, and so growing up, she didn't like me very much because her, her very end of her teenage years was spent taking care of an infant um so she wasn't it's not that she didn't like me of course she loved me but she was resentful I guess you know what I mean and so we didn't have a great relationship I always thought you know she was very mean to me but of course I didn't understand I was so young um what she was going through um but then when we got older she became a little bit more like my mom she always took me shopping and um I even lived with her for a period of time and we became pretty close and so today today we have a really good relationship we don't spend you know uh, loads of time together or talk a lot because we've got our own lives going on but we have a good relationship and that i'm thankful for uh her her oldest daughter is actually closer in age to me than me and her are so it's really funny (laughs) i have a lot in common with her her oldest daughter
1: (laughs) wow that's cool yeah it's funny how that soul connection works um and are both of your parents still with us
0: Um, Unfortunately, my father passed away unexpectedly from a massive heart attack um, about five years ago. I do have my Mm. mom. She's not in great health, unfortunately, just due to some habits uh, that she's, you know, accumulated over her life and uh, what Mm -hmm. it's kind of uh, unfolded into. But, you know, we just take it day by day. So we have good days. We have bad days. Um, I really didn't have a great relationship with her growing up. um, And it's actually one of the things that. I was able to transform as an intuitive healer and um you know things that I've I've actually helped many clients with repairing relationships with their family members um in the in a very similar way that I did with her um, so it's hard in the in the fact of, you know, just a few years ago, we actually came to this like healed place together. Um, and I just got to a place where I could really just kind of accept her for who she was instead of trying to like save her or change her, uh, which okay. was creating a lot of strain in our relationship uh, my entire life. Um, and then she gets diagnosed with this lung disease. And I kind of that inner child came back out and is like, oh, you've got to change. And she's still not going to change. So it's one of those things mm-hmm. you always are kind of navigating. But um, I'm, I'm thankful for the healing that I've, I've been able to do because I wouldn't be able to navigate it the way I'm navigate, navigating it currently without it.
1: Um, just out of curiosity, and I just am throwing this out there, but would you say forgiveness is the primary uh, element in the process of healing or is it something else or that and something else?
0: So yeah, forgiveness is a big portion of it, um, but I would say uh, another key portion is gratitude. So mm. when I say forgiveness forgiveness is being able to look at the relationship as a whole meaning not just looking at what they've done wrong but also looking at your part in the relationship as well and being able to be honest about you know how you've reacted to their mistakes and their faults and their failures um and and how maybe you know anything that you may have done could have influenced it because we unintentionally hurt others all the time and you know meanwhile a lot of it is doing it out of you know defense or we're trying to protect ourselves we're still playing a key part part in a destructive relationship that we might have so being able to just really kind of put yourself in their shoes and kind of really be honest with the fact like hey i hurt people too sometimes and like when you think about why did i hurt that person it was because you know i was trying to do what was best for myself or you know hey i was just trying to protect myself and then you look at the person who's hurt you can you kind of see how maybe they were just trying to do what they thought was best for themselves or were they just Mm -hmm. trying to protect themselves in any ways? And you can kind of see the humanity in all of it. And it kind of becomes a little bit neutralized in the way that I go about forgiveness. It's more about just being radically honest and looking at the whole entire situation and your part in it as well. And then like their humanness in their part of it. Um, And then gratitude is where you kind of take what you're not happy with right like if you've got a person in your life or or a situation even and you've got like a column of this is what you like about them and this is what's going well and then this is what you don't like about them and this is what you know is not going well if you look at that column of this is not this is what's not going well those are essentially your complaints in that area or with that person or even with yourself and so when you use gratitude to kind of challenge yourself to turn that complaint into a blessing and change that perspective that's actually not only been a big part of what healed my relationship with my mom but it was something that really helped me heal my relationship with my body image as well Um, so it's it's effective for whether it's yourself uh an area in your life that you're experiencing whether it's your partner or something at work or with your parents or family members so it's it's really useful
1: very cool very cool um What if, uh, I mean, just hypothetically speaking, uh, what if your mother, like, you know, not in your case, but just in a hypothetical situation was mentally ill and exercised uh, really bad judgment and behavior? You know, how does that play into it? Because when you say humanity, like the first thing I think of is logic and rationale and harmony and like normal, the old school rules apply, right? But like sometimes when you're dealing with people with mental illness or narcissism, personality disorders and things like that things can get really confusing yeah how do you do that in that situation is it just the same process or is there something more to it
0: so I guess I kind of have my own viewpoints on these labels and mental illness and and things of that nature not to say that they're not real or that people don't Mm -hmm. struggle with them because they definitely do but I believe that they are made up of unprocessed trauma and unprocessed emotions Mm -hmm. um, and we end up creating these personas out of protection and we end up identifying with them. And when you identify with something for so long, it becomes your personality. It becomes your identity. And so and so that's kind of how I see it. So, you know, when when I'm able to look at these mental illnesses, because actually, you know, and again, I don't like the labels just because of my own uh, I understand. expression of them, but you know, people could call my mom a narcissist. Um, and my dad was actually diagnosed with uh, bipolar and manic depression. So, um, but I also, like I said, as an intuitive healer and as somebody who's done a lot of holistic inner healing and a meditation instructor, um, I can see behind those labels and those personifications and those identifications that they have morphed into. Um, and I know that again, it's just the summation of unprocessed emotions, unprocessed trauma um, from both of their lives that, you know, nobody actually really helped them with. They just told them to get over it or they gave them a pill for it or whatever it was. And they just accepted that for what it was. and, And it kind of manifested into how they behaved and how they showed up. So where it comes into humanity is for me, the things that I had to forgive my father for, and the things that I had to forgive my mother for, I had to, you know, look and to take an accountability for what labels they had, you know, identified with or that they had manifested into their lives. And I had to understand and have compassion for the fact that they didn't know any better, um, that they weren't taught in school or by their parents yeah. or by lovers or or in the workforce how to manage these emotions. They were they were put into these categories and they were told to take pills for depression or they were, you know, on these pills for mood stabilizers or whatever it is. And those have really bad effects on the brain in different parts of the body as well, especially when not used correctly. And, you know, if you're looking at it from a holistic point of view. how can it be used correctly when you just need to process these emotions and you're just suppressing them a little bit more or distracting yourself from them, if that makes sense. Like, like I said, I, I know some people won't necessarily agree and I'm not saying that you shouldn't allow yourself to go get these diagnoses and and take medication for them, but there's more work to be done. That's all I kind of mean by that.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then in some other dynamics, there could be family members that are uh, what I, call enablers and right. people that further enable the bad behavior for whatever the reason. And that, that's kind of what I was uh, searching for. Thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate that. And it makes perfect sense. And I agree with everything you said. Um, uh, it's a good way to look at things, you know, and honestly, it's something I'm still working on myself to forgive completely. And. I finally learned, you know, in my Bible to give it to God. And, mm-hmm. you know, yes. it's uh, really huge. And uh, you really need a faith in a higher power. The funny thing is, yeah, narcissists don't have faith in any higher power because nothing can be above them. But, you know, that's the funny thing about it. Um, but like to me, I'm willing to surrender and have that faith that, you know, I believe guides us to something better, you know. so
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it.
1: It's a really good thing. Um, so let's just go way, way back. What's the earliest memory in your life that you can recall?
0: Um, the earliest memory in my life that I can recall. This has put me on the spot or, a bit. You know, and it's funny, bad. I'm just gonna Good or bad. Yeah, I'm just gonna kinda go um with what came to my mind, I'm sure this is not the earliest memory, but it's something that I explored a, a few months ago. And um, it was oh. the first time I realized I well, okay, it's, it's the first time that I activated psychic abilities um for myself but i did not have a clue i did not have a clue that that i was having a psychic ability or anything so tell the story yeah so essentially it's so funny and i think it's because you brought up the bible and and a higher power and stuff because there was a period in my life where you know growing up if you are raised and for me it's so funny that you said this because it's like kind of spot on my mom was not religious she was totally against Christianity and and any religion of, and I'm, I'm in the Bible belt. So my dad was opposite though. He was extreme Baptist Christian. You know, we had to listen to the Bible, do all this stuff. Right. So it was, it was like, I was very torn between the two. And because I had a good relationship with my mom, my dad, but not my mom, I kind of followed him a little bit more. Um, So for years I just was like into the, the Baptist church and all this other stuff. And, um, I, I started reading the Bible and when I was 12, things weren't making much sense for me when I, so whenever I was like reading it, I didn't, I wasn't understanding it. And I was starting to try to ask questions. And unfortunately, in my experience, we weren't allowed to ask questions. And when we were questioning things or wanted to really understand things a little bit more, because I didn't understand it, we were really shut down. And we were just told, you know, it it, it is this way, because God said this way. And if you question it, you're going to go to hell. And like, it was a very scary and controlling kind of experience for me. So at 12, I had just a really deep knowing that this wasn't right. Like there was something wrong with this. Now, because I didn't know that I was having a psychic experience in that God was trying to talk to me and God was trying to tell me, hey, how they're nurturing you in this in this spiritual world is not appropriate. I went left field and I kind of ran away from it completely. And for years I, you know, identified as an atheist because I was so mad about how I was treated and how things were rejected. Um, so, like I said, I was having that. Spiritual awakening to the fact that things weren't right, how I was being nurtured, but I didn't, I couldn't understand it. I wasn't interpreting it. I didn't know that that's what God was trying to tell me, if that makes sense. So I went completely left field for a long, long time. And it wasn't actually until my dad died um, that I decided to even explore into spiritual avenues again. Because, you know, when he died, I was I, I was so young and I didn't accept it. Um, and I was like, I've got to find him. So I started, you know, looking into anything that I possibly could to reconnect with him in the spiritual realm. And it kind of, it's, it's a big piece of the portion as to of, of of the puzzle as to why I am where I am today.
1: Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And are you at all disappointed or remorseful that you missed out on that for the, that period of time?
0: No, I'm not just because, you know, I believe like, I went through the awakening that brought me back to like my spiritual path. Like I'm I'm this is this always surprises people. <laughs> but I'm actually I'm still rather young. Um, it, you know, at least in physical years, I feel like I'm thousands of years old uh, mentally and in my soul. But mm-hmm. in this physical world, I just turned 26. And I got back on to my spiritual journey whenever I was 22. Um, and so I lost You're 26.
1: That. Wait, 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 You're 26 right now.
0: I'm right now, just now, really, like last month, 26.
1: <laughs> That's so crazy. I think uh, you'll be the second youngest person I've ever interviewed.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it always surprises people. But, you know, I've been through a lot um, and I've experienced a lot in a very short and quick period of time. Um, and I definitely, and it's another reason, and I've learned a lot, obviously, you know, like I was able to not only go through that, but transform it into something different and, uh, take control of it. Um, so i that's another reason why i feel like it's evidence that this maybe is probably not my first time uh here on this world (laughs)
1: not not at all and honestly that's one of those things that i've always enjoyed and when i see it it's such a beautiful thing and to recognize it but i do notice the difference between a young and an old soul yeah um you know to me it's really neat because uh you know clearly there's a greater purpose and there's something about it you know what i mean like when you meet an old. It's like even if you're not like tied to this, you know, like people just have soul connections or conflict sometimes and like you go together or you don't. But like when you meet somebody that you can tell has been around the block and all that, it's just fun because there's so much depth, you know, it just changes everything. And
0: it's always I've, I've always been so responsible and I've always been someone who just I guess seemed much older than they were. So like, it's been mm-hmm. this way my entire life, like even in school, I was pretty separate from the kids in my age. Cause I didn't resonate with them. I didn't understand it right. Um, throughout mm-hmm. my life, like why I was just felt like an outcast, of course, you know, cause that's how we feel mm-hmm. when, when we are different, but we're not nurtured or we're not taught that it's possible to feel different. And for these reasons, right. Um, so you just you end up feeling like you're being bullied or like you don't belong. And so for a long time, um, that's a very scary place to be, um, especially as a teenager. And when you're transitioning from, you know, childhood to adulthood, um, when you're not feeling supported and you don't really understand who you are. So there was there were several phases in my life where I was, you know, just Trying to survive. And that survival was just me like trying to morph into whatever society was trying to tell me that I needed to be. And I just kept digging deeper and deeper into that. Um, And then the unraveling of that conditioning, the unraveling of these societal expectations began when my father passed. Because when I lost my dad, I was like, what am I, you know, I kind of like started going through this like, well, why have I been trying so hard to make all these people who I don't even care about like happy? And I've I've spent so much time, you know, focused on things that don't really matter, if that makes sense. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. God, I think a lot of us are guilty of that. (laughs) Uh, But that's the key is to break free from that, because living in spirit is much better than living in whatever that other thing is.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Groundhog Day is what I call it.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. The void is no fun. Purgatory sounds terrible. No, thanks. You know. Yes. Um, So you had your spiritual awakening as a preteen. And um, does it go back any farther? Like, I mean, like early, early childhood. Is there anything that stands out that has anything to do with your personal development and how you kind of came to be that? maybe you've overlooked? Well, I mean, I mean of fault?
0: course, of course. Um, so part of my healing is, you know, I had to go back it, you know, the, the first thing that woke me up, um, and it's, 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 it's very uncomfortable for me to chat about, but I do because I understand it. A lot of people may not. Um, but it, it's kind of, uh, on point with the theme of like forgiving someone, um, and, and really just being able to do that. So, I woke up and grew up very quickly because I was molested at four years old. Um, and hopefully that's not, you know, too much information. Like I'm fine with it, but uh, like,
1: it's okay. It's okay.
0: But, um, so I was wide awake, you know, at four years old to a lot of things that I shouldn't have been. And an experience like that, just, it's one of the things that accelerates you into wanting to be more like an adult, because especially because it wasn't like a bad experience. And that might sound crazy. um, But, you know, when you are brutally abused or raped, it's it's a different experience than just being like molested and in a, in a loving or a nurturing way. I, and I, like I said, I know that might sound really weird, but there, I,
1: I, I can understand the difference. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And
0: so there's a difference in, in how it affects you, right? One might make you shut down and the other makes you overly hyper curious, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so totally. I, it's just
1: inappropriate. That's the right. key. <laughs>
0: right. So I, was, uh, it, from, from that moment, you know, from like that experience going into school, I wanted connections. I wanted attention, um, especially cause I wasn't really getting it from my mom, but I got it in that way. It, it opened up my world. So I wanted connections. I wanted relationships. I wanted boyfriends. I wanted whatever. And people weren't on my, they, they weren't experiencing that. They were in, they were in some other world and I'm experiencing this, I'm craving to be, you know, loved and affectionate and all this other stuff. So, you know, like I said, I've been, I feel like I've been in a very accelerated experience my entire life.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's wild. And I'm so sorry. Um, that's terrible. And nobody should have to go through that. Um, you healed clearly from that experience. Um, Did that change your outlook on relationships as well? Or was it just more of the accelerant that you mentioned about curiosity and inclusion?
0: Um, So, Well, there was a period of time um, where I wasn't, whenever I got a little bit older, I definitely wasn't old enough to be sexually active, but I was old enough for, you know, me to sneak around because I wasn't being paid much attention to. Um, But I was, I I at least had, I don't know, something inside was like very uh, smart that I didn't really understand, but I was, it's like, I was very attracted to men my entire life, but I wasn't comfortable to be with them. Um, and I, you know, I was afraid of different things like pregnancy and stuff like that. So, but I wanted that Mm. attention and that affection so much. I spent a big portion of my life actually with women. Um, and so meanwhile, I got to just kind of have fun and I ended up in these really committed relationships where I learned a lot. I got hurt at a very young age, you know, um, we were together for years and then they were like, I'm like thinking I'm going to marry this, this person. And then they cheat on me and whatever. So I learned a lot and I was with these people in long-term committed relationships throughout my younger years. Um, but I was safe, you know, you know, even though I was with girls, it's not like I was sleeping with a bunch of people. Um, I had these very long-term committed relationships. I had no risk of pregnancy. Um, it was, it was really crazy, but somehow I was guided to explore that curiosity and that need, that fulfillment Mm -hmm. of like attention and affection in like the safest way possible. And I, again, I didn't, it wasn't like, I understood any of these things. It was just, it was just, a protection for myself, if that makes sense. And, and it was like, give, it was yeah. the only way I knew how to give myself what I desperately wanted, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Very cool. Um, and deep, you know, so, I mean, do you consider yourself a heterosexual or are you
0: a lesbian? So after, I mean, you um, ask. <laughs> no, that's okay. After I, So this is where things kind of changed. So I was actually in, I got married to a woman very, very briefly at 18 years Mm -hmm. old. Um, And so after that, I dated a couple more women that I had crushes on like in high school. And they were pretty rough. They were pretty rough relationships. One was so rough. She was an alcoholic and she... Physically abused me like she would hit me and oh. she would throw me against the wall and she I had owned I was a I was an owner of my salon and I had like this binder and It was very important to me because it had like all my clients my schedule like I was I'm very old-fashioned So I had all, like all my stuff was on paper, you know And so I would take mm-hmm. that binder with me everywhere and she was you know She would do things like break my stuff or threaten my animals and it was a and I was only with her for a month It felt like a year Um, and I, cause I was up all night and I just, I was only with her for that long because I was trying to find a way out. And like I said, a month there was crazy. It was, it was crazy. It felt like three three years in prison and it took me months to really like stop crying about that experience. It was crazy. The recovery time was, was, uh, was really wild and men started. And I, so at this point I'm, I'm like 19, almost 20 and men started coming into my life. I started attracting more men into my life. And, uh, and I wasn't open to it. You know, I was very into this, like, I'm attracted to boys, but I'm a lesbian kind of thing. And, uh, Mm. so, but then I just kind of allowed myself to, to ease into it. And then I actually ended up meeting my, um, my father of my daughter's father. So I, I, that oh. we are not together. It, that's another crazy experience uh, in and of itself. Uh, um, okay. so, so this is the first man that I actually ever was with. Um, and I finally felt comfortable. And it felt, you know, I, I started to realize, look, I don't, I'm, you know, that's one of the first points in my life where I, I let go of the labels and decided you get to be whoever you want to be. And um, just really allowed myself to accept the fact that I could love a man and I've loved women before and I've just been safe and I'm okay with who I am and, and my life experiences. And so not long after I, I got with this this man and we, we married very quickly, um, what happened just shortly after we got married was my dad passed away. And very quickly, the man that I married, I morphed him into that pedestal that my dad held. And mm. so... I was very, you know, very codependent in that relationship and uh, very basically my life was tied to this man at this point because I was so depressed outside of that relationship, if that makes sense. And so after my dad died a few months later, I decided, you know, I want to have a baby. I want to try to expand my life and, and my connections because like, I'm, you know, I'm pretty scared at the fact that the only reason I want to live is my marriage. (laughs) And uh, so I I just we decided to plan to have a a child. And uh, now I definitely don't recommend having children just because you don't want to live right. And you want to create more reasons to live. But um, I was very young and I'm very thankful that it happened anyways. Um, So I got pregnant and and it's strange. Numbers are important to me. So uh, my dad passed away 713 and 13 weeks into my pregnancy my intuition i didn't realize it but my intuition started screaming and i knew something was wrong in my marriage but i didn't know what it was and during my pregnancy over time there became more and more red flags um so i don't i I never know how to like go into this (laughs) But because uh, it's, okay. it's really dramatic and it's, it's just so crazy with with what I've experienced. Um,
1: Whatever you want to share is fine.
0: Well, and I don't care to share it. I just never know how to, like, you know, drop it in here because it's just kinda, <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, so anyways, while I was pregnant, everything was happening kind of in front of me, but kind of behind my back. So they started asking my my ex-husband started asking me if they could wear women's clothing and just different things like this. And I, and they were telling me that it was just something they never got to explore as a child. I don't know. And as somebody who had been in the LGBT community, I was very open and accepting to the fact like he wanted to be curious, but I still wanted him to be him. And that's what I would always tell him, you know? Um, but I didn't care for him to try whatever. So over months of my pregnancy, he just slowly more and more started wearing women's clothes more often who's growing his hair out. And, and every once in a while I would have like these fights and I would be like, you know, are you trying to be a woman? Like what's like happening? Like why you never wear what you used to wear. You don't even look like you used to look like what's going on. And he's like, "No, no, 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 I'm not a woman. I just like this, blah, blah, blah. And then when my daughter was four months old, he wrote me a letter and he was like, I'm transitioning and I'm getting on hormones and all this other stuff. And I'm sitting here like, I think I'm like living in this house with a stranger. I'm in the middle of like deep postpartum depression because when you've never had a child before, you don't know what it's like. And the hormones, the emotions are are wild. They're extremely crazy. Yeah. This baby, you know, now is like a part of me. I can't do anything without this baby. I don't know who I am anymore. And now my my father's dead and my husband doesn't exist. Ooh. And it all just happened right before my eyes. And I was like, okay, uh, what in the, I I literally, for a straight six to eight months, and that was really hard because for the, almost the first full year of my daughter's life, I was lost. I was incredibly gone in my mind. And that was a really hard thing to come back from.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, But you have a child now.
0: Yes, right. yes, okay. she is. Yes, <laughs> yes, she right. is uh, three years old, and she is. Uh, I have a partner uh, as well, and he's the love of my life. But so is she. And so, kids always come first. Yeah, life is life is amazing now. I know that this has been bleak up until this point.
1: <laughs> no, it's but quite is, all right. Yeah, we're, we're getting to the good stuff.
0: Yes, we're getting to the good wonderful. stuff. We're
1: getting to the good stuff, and uh, that is really beautiful. Congratulations! And um, gosh, you know, with most people, you know, we're talking like you know, in my twenties and in my thirties and in my forties, and now i right. you know, it's like, and you're like still in your twenties, like no, I'm, so t- I'm talking,
0: po- I'm talking. This happened. My dad died at twenty when I was twenty, <sighs> and so this this all happened within within a year and a half. You know, within t- like. Maybe right at two years, all of it happened. By the time I was 22, I was thrown into, they call it like the dark night of the soul or whatever. And that's when your whole world crumbles and shatters and you really awaken and you start on the path of who you're supposed to be. And so it was it was a very, very quick crumbling of that life. (laughs) And um, I'm very, very thankful for my daughter because she is definitely... The reason I even got to this point and held on for that six to eight months where I was so lost, you know, because she was always in the back of my mind, even though I wasn't able to be present with her. Um, And that was it was so hard. But she, she basically whenever I kind of started to I, I finally left the marriage. Um, I, I cut basically everybody that had wronged me out of my life and I just, but I did it out of hate. I did it. Out of, I was like, I oh, will screw this. Like I've lost everything and I don't care to lose anything, everything else, you know? So I just closed the door. It was just going to be me and my daughter, even though I was extremely codependent, that was the hardest thing for me to do. But I made that decision and yeah, I made it out of anger and hate. It wasn't out of, Oh, I'm going to heal. It was out of screw all of you. I'm done. I'm closing the door. No one's coming back in. And it was yeah. the best thing that I ever did because you know, and at the time, thankfully there's worse things to be addicted to, but I was addicted to marijuana. It was it was my like crutch. It was the thing that I, I hid my grief and my emotions and, and everything that I was going through. I was always smoking weed. I was so high all the time. Um, just because I couldn't do anything else. And and so with all the emotional overwhelm, the stress and being high all the time, I wasn't taking very good care of myself. I wasn't eating a lot. Um, I, you know, was just always stressed and and I was just doing my best to be the best mom that I could be at that point. That was the only thing I decided I was going to care about. And then I also had my salon. So I was just like, I'm just going to go to work and I'm going to be a mom. Fuck Heather, right? Because I'm done looking at her, right? I was so mad at myself. Mm. I kind of hated myself. I felt mm. like I did this to myself. And mm. um, and then and then that's when my body started to shut down. So my heart was beating irregularly. I was getting to a point where I couldn't speak very well. Um and I, I it, you, it could be what you maybe consider a panic attack or an anxiety attack, at least that's maybe what it felt yeah. like. But it it was a very clear sign that it was um, the beginning stages of something that was going to take me out if I wasn't careful. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so what I you know, when I had that moment of like my heart beating irregularly, I, I just heard a voice very loud and clear in my mind. And it said, you can let your daughter watch you die or you can let her watch you change. And I was like, well, what the f- does that mean? I was like, what does that mean and how do I do it? And mm-hmm. it was that mm-hmm. it was that recognition that I had a choice that made the pivot. It made everything change.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, is that what led you to do what you do now? Is that part of the process? Yes, does, it, was uh... part
0: of, it was definitely part of the process because, like I said, it was it was the first time I recognized I had a choice in my life.
1: Very cool. And so when
0: I realized I had this choice, I began to ask questions. I was like, well, how do I change? How do I heal? How do I make, how do I be better? How, like, what, what do you mean? Like I have a choice and, and my, And what happened was is I went from asking questions, like I'm a victim of this life saying, well, why is this happening to me? Why did everything get ruined? Because that's, that's all I was running my mouth about. Like I would go and vent to my tattoo artist, I would go and vent to people at work. I would do whatever. And that's all I was saying is like, I don't know why I deserve this. You know, I was just in such this victim mentality of like, why me, why me, why me, why is this happening to me? And then whenever I was hit with that realization, I was like, well, how do I change? I started asking new questions started asking questions of like, well, what's the solution? And I was curious because, like I said, it was the first time that I realized maybe I had a choice. And and so when I started asking these questions without expectation, because I didn't know what, what, what answer I could get. I didn't know what I was going to be shown. I had no expectation of where I was going to go from there. I was just open and curious. I created enough space to be shown, to be guided, and everything landed in my lap. Very quickly, I was um, presented with the opportunity to go back to school to be a life coach, to become a meditation nice. instructor and a Reiki master on top mm-hmm. of different books and, and documentaries and, and other things that were presented to me that showed me the way to my own inner healing and to master my own awesome. inner healing. And then those certifications that I received were to help me tie <laughs> it all together on how I can help others do the same thing.
1: Amazing. That is so cool. And so you're called a a manifestation business strategist, right? Is that your title?
0: Yeah. So I, I've kind of taken out the business, but I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and professionals. I I find that I attract a lot of people who are overachievers and, and they are very similar to me. They, they want to be the mom, they want to be the lover, but they also want to serve. They want to work. They don't like that. They're not built to, to be like stay at home moms and stuff like that. Um, and so not, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not my journey. And that's not typically what I attract, if that makes sense, um, is, yeah. you know, they, they want per, it's generally people who are like they have these goals and they want fulfillment in everything. They they feel like leaders and as a parent, as a lover and in the workforce, whether they're business owners or they're just professionals in in their in their own in working for somebody else or with other people
1: hmm. Awesome. Very cool. And so you're basically someone that can work with another person to help them find their s- sole purpose. Right. Like the purpose that they've been designed for as a spirit being. Correct.
0: Right. And a lot of them already have cravings of, you know, how they want their life to look or, or what they're feeling, you know, called to do. Um, but they need a, maybe a little bit more clarity on how they're going to execute it or what it really is meant. You know, what 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 their callings are trying to tell them, interpreting it. They need that clarity of interpretation of their cravings and then clarity on how they're going to realistically and manageably execute it with the fact that they've got every million things going on in the background.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was thinking when you said uh, that you had choices, the other thing that came to mind is you also discovered a purpose, right? That was a big part of it. Your purpose.
0: Sorry, um, you kind of got quiet. What did you say?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, So when you were saying that you had a choice and you realized for the first time that you had a choice, you also discovered a sense of purpose, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So... um, it it wasn't that and that wasn't clear you know again that that comes back to people are starting this i you know i i do believe i attract a lot of a lot of women who have gone through that kind of dark soul awakening or whatever where everything crumbles and they're waking up to this idea of like oh my god i have choice and oh my god i can make things the way that i want um in my life but how right like that's kind of like where i am perfect to come in is when you're in this situation of like Maybe you just went through a really bad divorce or maybe like you lost a parent or maybe like just big life changes have happened and you're starting to realize you've been operating on, you know, an automated system that you didn't get to create. And now you want to take back control of the steering wheel of your own life. And and then it's kind of like how because that's where I was in that moment is like I was like how and then I was shown, you know, and I believe that I had to figure it out on my own. And I believe I was guided to figure it out on my own in the quickest and easiest way because I was meant to be a mentor and a facilitator of it. So uh, not that I didn't have mentors in that figuring out, right? All the books that I read, all the documentaries, all the classes that I took, those were my mentors, if that makes sense. Um, And I figured it out for myself and um, and then inevitably, because of the way that I figured it out, it inevitably empowered me to become a leader in the same field.
1: Yeah, that is amazing. I love it. Love it. Love it. Gosh, at such a young age, I love that. Um, So do you mind if we uh, talk about a little example? I have actually a little example I'd like to pull out and see if we can offer some thoughts for people listening that might help them today.
0: Yes, that'd be great.
1: Okay, cool. So I have a friend and um, I met this friend. Ironically, I was... I was renting a room in my house and uh, basically she was one of the cool people that I liked that answered the ad and um, it didn't work out that she moved in but we ended up becoming friends and she's really cool and just got here from New Jersey and uh, she moved all the way across the country just to find a new life and she's a little younger too, uh, a little older than you, uh, but not by too much. And um, I'm just curious, you know, for somebody that, lands in a new spot and is looking for their path and looking for something that really fits, not just to get by, but to really get connected with their purpose in life. What kind of advice would you share to help them discover that and to awaken that manifestation element inside all of us, you know, because we all have it, but tapping into it is another story. What would you say to a seeker, a true seeker that's looking for, awareness of light in a path, you know what I mean? Like, how would you talk to that person?
0: This reminds me of one of my clients that i worked with um and it, it just it's what's coming up for me so i don't know you know without knowing your friend mm-hmm. personally it's hard to give specific tailored advice you know but this is what's coming to me so i want to share a little bit about my client's story Perfect. um and just you know she can kind of take what resonates and and of course you know like you said you can oh, it's-
1: it's really for everybody. I just thought we'd use her as an example right. so you can generalize. Right. No exactly.
0: Problem, exactly. Know. So uh, it, anybody who's listening can just take what resonates from this and um, and kind of allow it to trigger yes. how it relates to themselves. So anyways, I have a client. Um, she's very similar to to me in my pat and my past, but n- not the same at all. But she had a um, you know, she had lost her parents, um, lost friendships, everybody had kind of abandoned her or betrayed her into a, some sort of sense and, and kind of maybe took a little bit of advantage of her. And she had gotten into this position of she felt like she didn't really know who she was. She didn't really know what her path was. She knows that she's very passionate and she has a very entrepreneurial uh, soul and she wants to create. She's very creative. And um, she knew that she and she she wanted clarity on her health she wanted clarity on all aspects of her life um and so what we had to do that's going to be my first thing is depending on if if she's just wanting if, if somebody is just needing clarity on one path right like for me personally my my perspective of this is without knowing who you are you won't be able to attract anything soul aligned for you. So what that means is there's not going to be a soulmate that pops up without you being connected to your own soul first and being whole within your own soul first. There's not going to yes. be a soul aligned career that you um, awaken to or an opportunity falls into your lap the way it did for me as a life coach and a meditation instructor and in all of my modalities that I got certified in. All of that landed to me when I awakened to myself in my own inner awareness, if that makes sense. So the the first thing that we're going to have to do is obviously if there's a disconnect in like, what, who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be serving? There's something missing here for my life. And I have several clients that come to me just specifically because that's what they want that clarity on. The process is always going to be to figure out, well, where are you at currently? Because without being extremely aware of where we are at currently and within ourselves and within our external environments we're not going to be able to fill that gap of where we are to where we want to be we have to be and and that's that's the path to self-discovery that's the path to awakening the soul aligned opportunities because like i said generally speaking when something is soul aligned you might be out there kind of putting yourself out there to receive it but if you've not awakened to that soul alignment within yourself if you start tr- putting yourself out there the opportunity will either a not show up or it won't be realized because if you've not awakened to it in yourself it could be staring you right in the face but you'll never see it
1: hmm yeah i feel that that's great advice wow um and it's so true and i've seen it in my own life um how things show up but if you're not in tune with it you won't recognize exactly. it and in hindsight you know it's like man i miss a lot of opportunities you know just from not being in tune and you know or aware or whatever it was but yeah that's that's it so would you suggest like someone that's looking to really get clarity um outside of course working with you and coming for advice and consulting and counseling or whatever uh, meditation um, you know, take time out each day for yourself and turn everything off. What kind of advice would you give for someone that just needs to spend a minute to settle down and try to get focused on So
0: I think, that? I think a good way to get started just generally speaking is We only want things because of the way we think it's going to make us feel. Okay. And our feelings are the fast track to what we are attracting. So, and what opportunities we're creating for ourselves. So meanwhile, she might, whoever it is, whatever the goal is, meanwhile, they might not know exactly what it looks like, but they know that if they found it, if they got that clarity, they would feel X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. So how would you feel? So the question that you want to ask yourself in this exercise is how would you feel if you achieved everything that you wanted? Whether you know exactly yes. what you're trying to achieve or not. Okay. So how would you feel if you achieved everything you wanted? If you, you don't know what the solo line career is or whatever the soul line path is, but if you were on your soul line path, how would that feel? And then yes. you want to mirror back to where you are currently. And where in your life are you not feeling that way? And what moments or what thoughts or what what internally or externally are not currently promoting those feelings. And it's going to be the dissection and the reconfiguration of these things that are currently misaligned because they're the they're the things standing. They are the things standing in the way. Mm -hmm. So it might be your thoughts. It might be your fears. It might be emotions from your past. It might be relationships that are not serving you. And that's where the work comes in. Right. That's where I like, you know, the the mentorship and stuff like that comes in a lot. Not that you can't do it on your own, but that's kind of where it can get a little um, heavy and confusing. And you know what I'm saying is because you've got to kind of dissect all these little areas of your life where you're not aligned with those feelings.
1: Okay, cool. And that provides a sense of processing and release. Right. That's the key to that process.
0: Right. And then you want to ask yourself, okay, so when you identify those things that are not on alignment with where you want to be, then you start to have to ask those questions of, well, how do I bring this into alignment or how do I remove this or how do I adjust this so that it will be.
1: Yes. Yes. And metaphysics is really cool. It's one of my favorite things. And, um, you know, I don't claim to be an expert by any stretch, but I was lucky enough to live with my father for a while when I was a teenager. And um, he taught me some things that were really interesting along these lines. And one of them is that it's important, you know, to be in the mindset of already having received the thing. And uh, so if you're looking for something to change or you want to attract or manifest something, there's a, you know, what you're talking about is absolutely valid. Um, and it paves the way for the end result being that you're already in you know, you're already in receivership of that goal. And you have those feelings of not expectation, but of attainment almost. Um, there's some kind of thing about that, which is interesting. And I think it's hard for people to do sometimes because, you know, we're all programmed with fear. And so, it's always like, well, I don't deserve that. Or like, there's no way I'll do that. Or my favorite saying, I can't believe that. Uh, (laughs) But it's perfectly believable. (laughs) Right. Uh, but, But that's the choice. You know, there's a choice, but you're exactly right. And processing and connecting and kind of merging those things out of your way like that's the key to getting ahead and we're almost um gosh the hour is almost up we've got about 10 minutes left and i always like to make sure that nothing is missed here and i don't want to overlook anything that might be important um before we get to the wrap up and all that good stuff and talk about a little more of what you do can you think of anything that might be on your heart or your mind that you didn't get to share that you might like to share today
0: Um, maybe just a final, um, add on to what we were just talking about, about like filling that gap between where you are and where you want to be. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. the, one of the main reasons why it works so well is because if anything going on currently is not in alignment with what you're trying to create, um, basically the universe kind of reads that as you're not ready for it or you've got too much going on, you know, again, like I said, the universe, whether it's putting it right in front of your face or not, and it very well could be, you won't even be able to receive it or, or acknowledge it because of the noise kind of going on. So it's always going to be coming back to the present moment, coming back to who you are being right now that's going to determine the outline and the and the uh, fulfillment of where you believe you, you are being called to go.
1: Wow. Well put. Such wisdom. Do you know there's people three times your age that have no clue what you're talking
0: about? (laughs) I know. I know. I know.
1: Oh, that's so cool, man. I love it. Yeah, clearly a gifted person you are. Um, So I'm just wondering uh, something else about, uh, because honestly, it's a big issue, and I know that we all experience this. Can you speak to the issues related to self-doubt and self-sabotage and how those kind of things can be you know, taken out of the equation.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's one of the bigger pieces of like why we can actually end up out of alignment with something is because of that insecurity or that inner doubt. Um, And then we, and that inner doubt leads to the self-sabotage. So what comes to me to share is, you know, when we are examining those insecurities or those doubts that we're having, The reason we're sabotaging ourselves is because there is something, there's a message within that fear, that doubt, or that insecurity that needs to be realized and processed and validated and and learned. Something needs to be learned from that message in order for you to move forward safely because that's all that, what is anxiety and fear? Right. It's the reason why we have that sensation of, hey, there's something potentially dangerous, dangerous around or, hey, we don't put Mm -hmm. our hand on a hot stove because we know that that sensation is is warning us. Right. So that is the same. That's how I like to look at doubts and insecurities and fears, especially when it comes to achieving our goals. A lot of people think, you know, we're just struggling with negative self-talk. And meanwhile, yes, that's that's how it can typically boil over to or manifest into. But that's not who you are. And you're just misinterpreting the message that the doubt and insecurity has, if that makes sense. So it's just a warning. These these doubts, these insecurities, these fears that we have around achieving our goals or or whatever it may be, are anxiety around it, it's really just a message. And so I'll tell a story just as an example. So whenever I first started my career in the online space, and I wanted to start talking about these things that like you were saying, people, you know, three times my age don't understand, they have no idea what I'm talking about. You can imagine the fear and anxiety that I had of starting to open Mm -hmm. my mouth about these things when I'm just this small town girl who had totally had you know a wrecked life my dad died my husband turned into a woman who's gonna listen to me <laughs> uh, you know i had these i had these total anxieties uh, like they're like you know obviously she doesn't know what she's doing so how can she sit here and come here and you know like that's that's my that was my internal dialogue of like that's what people are going to yeah. think and that's how people are going to feel it was about the it.
1: opposite though you knew right. more than a lot of people because of the experiences you had
0: exactly but the message for me within that anxiety and that fear and that insecurity was something very important because i want big success you know i want success not necessarily just money but i want to help people awaken to their their infinite potential and their possibilities in this life i don't care if i'm necessarily like it's not it's not all about the money of course i need money to survive but i can't work with everybody but i can plant seeds for for way more people than i'll ever be able to to meet in my life. Yes. And that's what I want. Yes. I want that microphone. That's why I do what I do. That's why this is one of my main strategies to, to kind of put my message out there is to connect with other podcast hosts, you know. And so yeah. um, I want to be able to plant those seeds because I know that my words can resonate. And in order for me to even be able to do that at the capacity that I do today, I had to I had to face that fear of like, well, what if people don't understand what I have to say, or what if there's, what if it's not as significant as I think it's going to be, or, you know, whatever, right? Like whatever I was telling myself. And I had to decide that, that fear, that insecurity was trying to say, Hey, if you start putting yourself out there right now and you get deep or you get vulnerable and you're not really ready to be okay with rejection or whatever comes your way, you'll crumble and you'll give up. You'll crumble, you'll give up and you won't keep showing up. So this message, this fear, this insecurity, this message that it had for me was I needed to decide before I started showing up that I didn't care what the response was, what I cared more about had to be what I knew it did for me and the significance it had for myself. So my f- ultimate fear was I'm going to be insignificant in the the social media world or in public's eyes. And so I had to fight, figure out why I was significant enough for myself. do it anyways Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely and believing in yourself is a huge part of that and that's so important to believe in yourself and uh, not let the fear and the self-limiting thoughts and beliefs get in the way because yeah i mean i've been there myself and i mean i still struggle like anybody else and all that but thank god we have the tools to do it the tools of the spirit you know
0: yes exactly it's
1: good 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 to distinguish those really between um emotions and stuff i think sometimes people's emotions get the best of them and they actually think their emotion is spirit
0: (laughs) right exactly you
1: know but it's not that's just a product of our human body and boy won't it be nice not to have to deal with this crap anymore won't it
0: heather (laughs) well and you know (laughs) here's the thing when you become when when you become in control of the mind and the emotions. You don't it's not that you don't have to deal with it. It's not that you don't have moments of ego or moments of humanness, you know, but for the most part, you are in a very blissful state to be the observer of your life and to truly be connected to the God self within. You know, we I believe personally, we're an extension of creator, God, source, whatever, you know. And so when we because we are an extension of this, we you know I don't know I, I like to compare it to the Bruce Almighty uh, movie how mm-hmm. it's the depiction of we have the power within us to Absolutely. be Godlike and yes. uh, not not saying that we are God necessarily, but like we have everything that that God it's our gift to show up in that way mm-hmm. and so. Yeah the more we are become the observer and the more we set back into that part of ourselves, which is in that soul, which is in that observer self, the more our lives where the more present we are, the more we're operating. It just feels like we're walking on water. Like that's, that's the experience that I, I feel I have when I'm in that Absolutely.
1: state. Absolutely. Yes. I understand. And with faith, you know, all things are possible. I believe that's a big part of the component and, um, you know, I see that you do the same thing. So that's a beautiful thing. Heather, this has been an amazing conversation. Heather Forrester, holistic healer, manifestation expert, all around amazing old soul. Um, For people that are listening, how do they get in touch with you? And what can they expect when they reach out to you?
0: So the best way to, to be like in my bubble or whatever, to be connected with me is on Facebook. Um, I'm again, I'm, I'm old school. So I, I, I never really got into like Instagram or any, like I, you know, I enjoy it, but I'm not really in, I don't have the time or the capacity to, to learn all of it. So Facebook has always been kind of like where I reside. Um, And it, it gives me a chance to be friends with people. I can, you know, be able to see your stuff, what you're going on in your life. We can message privately. I also have a private community on Facebook, Master Manifesting Hub. So that's where, um, you know, you can kind of stay pretty updated with me there in my personal page. Um, and then, um, you know, you can go to my website if you want to get any uh some of my free resources. That's where you will find uh, my resources. You can learn a little bit more about me at my website, which is holistichealingservice.com. And, uh, so my website is where you can kind of learn a little bit more about me and maybe get any resources. And then Facebook is where you can stay up to date on any, uh, podcast interviews, YouTube videos that I put out. And I, So I have a YouTube channel, um, and it's holistic healer, Heather as well. Um, so I've got, okay, those are my cool. three main ways to kind of stay connected to me. If you want to be a little bit more personal with me or more in a, in a more intimate container with me, Facebook's the best place to do that. So that's facebook.com slash holistic Heather.
1: Very cool. Awesome. Heather, I just want to thank you again for sharing today and being a part of our process here. It's just been great. And I really appreciate your wisdom and insight and uh honestly i'm, I'm kind of tickled still by your age so like god bless you and i can imagine in the next 10 or 20 years imagine the level of experience you will have attained you know it's like if you're doing this in your 20s i'd really love to see what you're doing in your 30s and 40s
0: <laughs> <laughs> right no I, me too i'm i'm excited for what's coming <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, maybe we can cross paths again and share again at some point in the future. I'd really enjoy that. And I just want to thank you so much for being on the show and sharing with us today.
0: Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out todcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast Show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Murat, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the ToddCast show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy. And BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp. You get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's Better, h e l p.com Forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ToddCast to get started today.